Early statistician Gregory King estimated that by the late 17th century, England and Wales had about 40,000 shopkeepers. They hung signs to display the emblems of their trades, and these became a common way for traders to communicate with their customers. In China, signs were originally used in restaurants, tea houses, drugstores, and then draperies, hotels and tobacconists. They were made of cloth and later leather, bamboo, wood, aluminium, iron, copper and tin, and were hung in front of the doors, showing the particular symbol of their trade. Interestingly, there are various taboos in the use of shop signs in China. Signs are not hung up, but invited in, because gua, hang up, is thought to be unlucky. When a shop sign falls on the ground, it's also thought to be a bad omen, because the god of wealth held in awe by the Chinese, might not approve. In 1389, King Richard II of England decreed that landlords must put a sign outside their inns so that inspectors could identify and visit them. There's a record from 1393 of a publican being prosecuted for not having a sign. In 1567 and 1577, France issued similar rules. When the signs became too large for safety reasons, in Paris in 1761 and in London around the same time, laws were introduced which dictated that signs had to be placed flat against the wall or removed. Retail Contribution Fact File As well as being informative, shop signs also provided a canvas through which retailers can speak to their customers, promote and differentiate their brand inside and outside of their premises. Today, retail signage is used to communicate a raft of different messages to consumers. Exterior signage attracts passing trade, while signage inside the retail environment is used for both navigational and promotional purposes. The tent card at the checkout, the invariably red and white posters and banners trumpeting sale, the branded fascia running across the width of the front, the open and closed sign. Each form of signage has a distinct role to play in retail.